Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams here, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. So today we're in for a treat. We have the incredible Dr. Andrea Pennington here with us. So she is an integrative physician, international best-selling author, and sex educator. As an acupuncturist, meditation teacher, and spiritual mentor, Andrea is a number one international best-selling author, highly acclaimed TEDx speaker, and talk show host. Her latest book, I Love You, Me, explores her personal journey from depression to real self-love. So that's one of the topics we're going to cover here today. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Welcome, Dr. Andrea. So excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. It's good to be here. Yes, we have so much to cover. I see um, you know, you've done so much in your career. You have this amazing new book. So I want to touch on all of that today and definitely talk about this element of self-love and also your experience with depression, because that's something we haven't covered on the show yet. And I think it's really, really important for us to, to bring that to the table today. Awesome. Let's let's dig in. Let's dive in. So as I find with all of my guests, everyone has their own I Heart My Life journey. I'd love to know what your story consists of, specifically what brought you to the work that you do today. What are some of the turning points and anything else you'd like to share with the audience listening? Thank you. Well, a long meandering yeah. journey, but in a nutshell, I grew up as a, a, a young person who really struggled with depression, I didn't feel like I even wanted to be on the planet. And I had really kind of dark thoughts. Uh, even as a teenager, I remember just sort of laying on the floor thinking I would much rather be in a spiritual realm than on the planet. And I, I think I got to that point where so many teenagers do, where you don't feel like your family gets you, you don't feel like you fit in at school. I was so full of angst and, and really depressed that I wanted my life to be over. And I heard this voice, um, not like a schizophrenic kind of thing, but I remember just laying on the floor in my bedroom as a teen, and I just I started to literally think of, well, if I were to die, how, how, could, I, how could I die like so it's not, not too painful? But I just wanted, I wanted relief. And then I heard this voice that said, Andrea, if you kill yourself, you might come back with less awareness and less, you know, sort of consciousness. And, and then you'll have to start all over. And it's weird because I didn't grow up in a family that talked about reincarnation. There were no Hindus or Buddhists in my family. And I, I don't even know if I really believed in reincarnation at that point, but it was this, this really strong knowing that I couldn't do it. I couldn't take my life. And it was like, then this sort of reassurance came that said, if you continue, if you continue on this path, you will get free from this pain. And that kind of gave me something to hold on to. And so I kind of went through my teenage years. I bumbled my way into university and I was always kind of on two tracks. Um, um, my happy track was always doing stuff that was creative. So music and singing and, and the arts and, and theater. And then I found television when I was uh, at the university and started producing videos. I became uh, the general manager of the TV station. But 
the little rivaling message in my youth and in my head came from my father, who really was of that generation that believed you got to get an education, get a job, get something with a pension so that you're secure, because all that art stuff, like artists and you know musicians, a successful person is one in a million. And so I always had this competing energy going on inside of me, and I'm sure that, that contributed to the depression. And I finally said, okay, I'm gonna just be like my mom, I'm gonna go into medicine. So I studied pre-med when I was at um, Georgia State University, and I went to medical school. But when I got to medical school, and I know you know how it is, especially in the American system, like it's really intense and competitive. And so all of a sudden, all of my energy was just in focused study, trying to you know keep up with all these other brilliant people around me. And then once again, that depression really resurfaced big time. And I, I went to the student health uh, doctor and said, look, I'm really struggling and tried antidepressants, which just kind of made me blah. I couldn't really focus and study. But eventually I made it through. <laughs> and it was actually this one piece of um, advice, and this is relevant. So she, the, 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 the doctor kind of looked at me and she said, I remember you when you came through the interviews to get into med school. Aren't you the one that used to play like classical piano? And I did, like when I was a kid, I, I learned classical piano and I was like, yeah. She said, well, how, how often, you know, how many hours a week do you practice? And I was like, hours? Are you kidding me? I don't have time to play the piano. I'm like trying to, you know, not flunk out of med school. And she was like, well, maybe if you would just play the piano for 30 minutes a day. And again, I was still thinking, what, is she mad? But I actually took her recommendation, and it was like getting back in touch with that creative part of me allowed me to get through the rest of med school. And then I started doing other creative things. And I say all of that to say that one of the turning points was I got out of, got out of there. I went to um, Georgetown University Hospital for my postgraduate training, and once again, fell into a depression, working those long hours. This was back in the time when medical residents could work over 100 hours a week. Wow. So I was like stressed to the max. And of course, it's kind of depressing because you're around all these sick people and it's intense. And and once again, I fell into a depression and I knew that I needed a break. So I took a break from med school and I mean, from, from my residency and I got hired by an internet startup company. And this is when my entrepreneurial passion was just like, this is amazing. You get to be creative all the time. But it also happened to be a medical startup. So I got to use all that left brain stuff that I had been studying for the last 13 plus years. And bringing those together was what really kind of like set me on this path like, okay, I can use my creativity and ingenuity and the medicine. And then I got picked up by Discovery Channel because they had just launched a TV network. And then I was like, okay, it's perfect. Now I'm on TV, I'm doing TV, I'm doing videos and animations and content. And that was really the big turning point that showed me that we as individuals will have a whole lot of talents and interests and passions. And if we don't honor them and at least give them expression, again, it doesn't have to be professionally, just like I did piano when I was in med school, just finding an outlet for all of your talents and abilities is what can help you feel that sense of balance and wholeness. And then later as I got into my medical profession and started treating people with addiction and eating disorders, 
I started to see these same kind of patterns. So most of what we'll probably talk about in this interview, that's what really led me to say, oh gosh, there's, there's nobody really showing us the way that if we follow the track of our parents, even though they mean well, you know, I'm a parent and I say things to my daughter with the greatest intention, yeah. but, but maybe it's, maybe it's my paradigm and not hers. So even though we want to follow the paradigm of society or our peers or our family, sometimes we have to be bold and strong enough to find out what's true for ourselves. Wow, there's so much in there that I want to unpack and I want to talk about. Thank you for sharing that. And I think one of the most poignant things that I really resonate with myself is this element of bringing all of your talents to the surface and giving them space in your life. And I think for me, I haven't really shared this publicly, I've kind of glossed over it. But when I was in my quarter life crisis, I was put on antidepressants as well. And I think that really stemmed from not having clarity around my purpose and feeling like I was meant for something, but not knowing what it is. And so I couldn't bring it to the surface and just feeling like this constant struggle and, and questioning around what is that next step? What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah, I, I found that that's very common. And that feeling that you have, that impulse that says, I know I'm supposed to be doing something. And for many of us, we feel like I'm supposed to be doing something big and great. <laughs> like I, I often uh, quote this, this Marianne Williamson piece that I heard from her. She said, if you feel like you're wasting your life's potential, guess what? You are. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's actually comforting to know that that impulse, like sometimes I used to judge it as being egoic, like, oh, what, you just want to be superstar? Yep. But no, there is this tie in to your soul. I even think it's a spiritual impulse that says, look, I came to this planet to do something. And so I want to do it. And it's that that energy that comes forth that that shows us that, yeah, you, you need to start investigating and don't be afraid to investigate and try things. And, and I'm a big believer in you try some things on to get feedback. It's just like if we go on a great shopping girly trip, you know, and we try different things on and you look at it in the, in the mirror, you imagine yourself out at, you know, dinner. We have to even do that at, at times in our own life just to get that awareness that, okay, no, mm -mm, the little short miniskirt, that's not for me. <laughs> no, I agree completely. And I think what you said about, you know, that we are wasting our life if we feel that's the case, I believe our desires are dropped in. And so when I get a download or a desire, whatever it may be, I believe that's meant for me and I owe it to myself to at least follow it. Like who knows where it's going to lead specifically. Um, but I don't believe that it's there by accident. So I think that's so important. I totally agree. And in terms of your journey, so looking back, is there anything that you see that maybe you wish you would have done differently? Um, because I think one of the key pieces that you pointed out is everything sort of came together and you ended up using so many of these different skills. And I think for a lot of people, they question, if, especially if they're starting a business, can I actually use my degree? Can I use this previous experience? Was it all a waste? And I think you're a great illustration of how everything can come together. But I'm curious about your perspective. Well, one of the things I recommend everyone do, all of my students, all of my clients, is to almost create an inventory, like a list of the things that you're really good at, almost the things that would come to you naturally. And then to really evaluate which of these things put you in that state of flow, 
where you feel like you're totally in the zone, where you can just lose yourself and you do get those downloads or you feel some sort of inspiration come through you and you would almost do these tasks whether you were paid or not paid. And then you can also look at some of those talents that you might have acquired. Like with me going to medical school, I have a way of, of diagnosing things and I can see treatment programs. I can write those things down and say, well, how much does that really light me up? Um, well, it, the brainstorming part, when I'm in the creative part, it, it lights me up a lot. And so as I look at the different aspects of myself and my background and my training, then I can really say, okay, now what do I want to do with my life? And which of these talents could I do that? And especially when it comes to business. Now, my niche in, in the business world is working with light workers and solopreneurs. So it's generally people who've gotten to a certain point where they realize, okay, I don't want to just work for money or it's not some lifestyle. I really want this to be about unfolding my life's purpose. And when you get to that aspect, then you start to create what I call a vision, you know, a great vision for who am I going to be in this business in one, three, five, and 10 years out. And when I look at myself there, what am I doing? Like, what are those activities that I'm doing that really I can see myself in that state of flow and I'm being of service to others. I'm being um, handsomely rewarded financially. I'm living that lifestyle and present with my family if that's important to you. So looking at all of that, then I can say, okay, I, get, I have a clearer picture at least of what it would feel like or look like. And in my case, I did, I do this, I do this exercise a lot actually, because I, I ended up being kind of a chameleon. I became like a Jane of all trades and I could like master things because I was, you know, in my younger years, I was so busy trying to look for approval and validation. I was getting so many certifications and degrees. So you're and like so good I, at everything. I'm good at a lot of things. Yeah. I would never say everything, <laughs> but there are a lot of things that I gained yeah. a certain level of mastery. Mm -hmm. And so I had to kind of pull back and I said, well, okay, where do they intersect? You know, where are these things that put me in that state of flow where I actually feel like I could be of service and it's part of my dharma or my life purpose? Mm -hmm. And then when you get there, it, it's not going to look like anyone else. Like, let me say that again. It's not supposed to. It's never going to look like anybody out there. So anyone who tries to model you or model Brendan Burchard or Oprah or me, it, you're not going to get there because each of us is born with our own unique traits, our own soul and our karma, or our destiny. And so when you start to combine all of your natural talents and abilities and those things that you've developed through experience, you can't always look to the marketplace for, for how to model yourself or your business. You know, you can do all the training in the world, but eventually you've got to make it your own. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Sarah Blakely, and she talks about this all the time. One of her biggest, I guess, um, resources or reasons why she is where she is is because she feels like she didn't necessarily have the business training, and she was going <laughs> off instinct, and mm. she was trying all these new things. She wasn't following a certain model. And so I think it's so important to point that out. And at the same time, on the flip side, I find with a lot of my clients, especially those who are new coaches, sometimes looking to other people for inspiration and to see how they're doing it, it gets them to start taking action. And then once they move forward, they develop their own way of doing things or their own branding or figure out who they really are and what that deep down purpose is and how they want to bring it to life. So I do think that I, I agree with you completely that you can that you need to create, you know, your own path and, and you are unique. But at the same time, sometimes looking at other people like yourself inspires people to see what's possible and to see what they could also create and helps them just get started. 
Absolutely, because that's also a part of our human nature, right? We model it from the from the time we pop out of the womb. We are modeling behaviors, and so I, I agree with you. I think it's a great way for us to get at least insight, inspiration, and maybe the first how-to steps. Um, and I teach that in you know in my branding and 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 public speaking. It's like. You can look at other people for that inspiration, and then you try it on to find out what fits. Because ultimately, for most of the clients that I'm working with, like like you, these are people who have big aspirations, and all of my clients have this vision of going global. So that means that you're going to get to a point where you're you need to perform at a really high level. And if you're just a copycat to somebody else, then people are going to recognize that it's not authentic. But if you're willing to just really own who you are, even all of your quirks and idiosyncrasies, <laughs> then it'll be so easy and natural. And as those stakes and those stages get higher and higher for you, you'll be able to still perform at your best and then you know, get those little downloads or inspiration so that you bring something new to the table. So it's, it's, it's a different perspective to look at, um, but I find it's the most em- empowering one. Yeah, thank you so much for that reminder. I think as you move forward, it's so so important to be authentically you. And that's what people really want to see. They don't want to see that copycat version. Awesome. So let's take a quick break. And after the break, I want to talk to you a little bit about what happened after the Discovery Channel and since then, and also about your real self-love movement and the new book that you have out. Do you want to learn how to make and attract more money in your business? If so, my iHeartMoney Live program is for you. It's a 10-week program where you can jump in, learn all about money mindset, how to transform the way you think about money, your relationship with money, and in turn, make more money in your business. So if you're interested, go to iHeartMoneyLive.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep, but it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams, back with Dr. Andrea Pennington. So before the break, we were talking about being authentically you in the world and how oftentimes a lot of what you've done previously will intersect with your current purpose and you'll be able to use all of those gifts to really serve the world and um, use it along your path. So Dr. Andrea, I want to know a little bit more about what happened in your own journey. You mentioned the Discovery Channel came, and um, I want you to talk a little bit about what actually happened with them and how that even happened, because for a lot of us listening, myself included, that seems like such an amazing thing. It seems like a dream opportunity. I'd love to know how that came to be and what happened since then. Yes. Well, I know that you're not a stranger to the law of attraction and manifesting, um, but I actually manifested it. 
So I mentioned to you that I I moved to Washington, D.C., and I was working at Georgetown University Hospital. But I actually lived just over the border in Maryland. And one of the things was, as I was driving to go to the hospital, I would see the Discovery Channel headquarters. And on top of the building was that the the globe, you know, the Discovery Channel logo. And I used to sit and look at it as I'm sitting in traffic like, oh, wouldn't it be a dream to work at Discovery? Like, oh. And then I would drive down to the hospital, do my thing. And it's funny because I, I used to say it so many times, right? And so what do we talk about in manifesting and law of attraction? You you visualize it, you imagine it, you fantasize, you feel it. Well, at one point I told you that I left and I went to an internet startup company. That startup sent me to um, this e-health expo. And I left our booth and I'm kind of walking through the expo hall and I saw the Discovery Channel globe again. And I'm like, <laughs> what are they doing here? This is weird. So I went over there kind of like to see like, why are you even at a medical expo? And I had found out that they had just launched their health channel. And the the woman at the booth kind of saw my badge. She saw that I was a doctor. She asked me what I did. And at that time, I was creating animations and videos and content to go on the web. Now, this was in 1999. So this was before WebMD and all these big health uh, channels online. And she said, wow, well, we're looking for a medical director. And I'm like, I know TV. I know the web. I know medicine. I'm your girl. And so sure enough, um, I sent in my, my resume and over the weekend. And that Monday, she called me and she, she said, wow, you've created a stir. Our president would like to meet you. And so they flew me in and uh, I interviewed. And two weeks later, I had this job offer. Now, I want to bring up one thing because you were just talking about being authentically you. The challenge that I had was when I got to Discovery, I thought I would be on TV. You know, I I had had all this experience as an actor and all these other things. But when I got there, there was somebody who was the head of production. And Emily, he looked at me and he said, yeah, you know, you have a face for TV, but nobody's going to believe you're a doctor. You look too young. And do you know, for the first year, I, I was not on TV. I just got to oversee scripts. I was helping with writing. I was helping with the content on the web. I recruited doctors for our advisory board. But we had a changing of the guard. We had a new president who came in and he had a different background and he came to me literally and said, oh, I have this vision of you and I, I'm, you know, I want to talk to you. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatevs. And sure enough, he said, I, I really would like for you to host our, our news breaks. And I was like, okay, cool. So I, I ended up working with that production guy who was like, oh, okay, well, you know, we're just going to have to put you in certain jackets. And they styled my hair and did my makeup in a certain way. They even hired a coach. I worked with this coach on how to deliver the news with an authoritative tone. So everything was being done to make me look older and sound more mature. Okay, fine. At the time, I was cool with that because I'm like, well, I'm an actor at my core. This is fine. It's creative. But after about a year, year and a half, I started feeling like this is boring. There was no newness to it. And I started being spotted on the street because after that I got my own show. So I was hosting my own show in daytime, hosting the news breaks. Then I started hosting a bunch of documentaries. So people, and I was on TV every day, so multiple times a day. So people were seeing me on the street. <laughs> and Emily, I was standing in, in Baskin Robbins <laughs> and I had just done um, a special on nutrition and how, you know, stuff. Anyway. And this I thought girl you were was, stopping for some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, no, I was actually there getting ice cream. Okay. And this girl was like, oh, mom, look. And 
And I suddenly, suddenly started to feel like, oh no, she's looking at me as that very boring doctor she's seen on TV who's like, you know, don't eat this, don't eat that. And that was when I really started to feel, once again, depression. And this is the crazy thing, and I know many of your, your listeners have heard this before. I, at that point, had the big career. Um, soon after doing the news, I opened my own wellness center, which is, again, how I ended up getting picked for Oprah's show. The first time I was on Oprah, it was about, you know, um, diabetes. And then she flew her people out to my wellness center, and we did another show about nutrition and stuff. And so I had gotten to the point where my wellness center was blowing up. I had my first book deal. I had all these things, and I was still miserable. I started to feel, again, this sense of depression, the sense of anxiety, this, this sense of inauthenticity. Like I couldn't be out on the street as my normal self because I knew people were looking at me as that that brand that we had created. And that was, I think that's principally why I do personal branding today, because I had built a brand that was so dependent on this image that it, it was like a trap. It was like a prison for me. And I eventually had my own spiritual awakening, which is a whole nother story. Um, but I eventually broke free from that. And, and that is what has led me to, you know, again, I'm grateful for the experience. Because by being at Discovery Channel, eventually we had so many people who wanted to be on TV and they're sending in all these pitches. So I learned how to evaluate pitches. And then I was helping with getting these other doctors onto our channel and onto the website. So learning how to do brand messaging and positioning and all of that became just second nature as part of my job. Um, but fortunately, uh, I eventually had the strength um, to, to really break out and do things according to my own brand. Yeah, that's what I have a question about, because I think for so many people, it's such an incredible story. I mean, you're on the Oprah Winfrey show, you have this center, you're on Discovery Channel, people are recognizing you, it sounds like, you know, what every a lot of people are looking for. But when you realize that at your core, you're not happy, and you know, something has to change, how do you find the strength to say, you know what, I need to take a different path or something, you need to shift something. And what do you shift first? What step do you take first? For me, it was kind of easy <laughs> because I literally had a breakdown. Uh, it got to the point where I had this big wellness center and I only had about 15 employees. It wasn't huge, but these were, I was only 33 and these were people who had kids, they had mortgages and they were all dependent on me. So, and I really took the weight of that. It really felt burdensome. And so when I got to the point where I felt so miserable that I wasn't able to do anything new. If I left the wellness center, I was shooting a TV show in Malibu. And every time I would fly across the country on a book tour or do a TV show, the sales in my wellness center would drop. And so I realized it was so dependent on my presence and my brand. Of course, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I built it the wrong way. But it became so burdensome that I really got to a breaking point. And it was while visiting the south of France, where I am today, that I just, I, I was so miserable and cried out to God, literally, and said, I can't go on living this way. I've done everything that I know to do, and I'm still miserable. And in an act of desperation, I said, take it. Take my life, take my business, take my talents, my body, and do with it what you will. And I really thought that I was actually having my prayer answered. I thought that I was dying because as I flung myself onto the bed in just sobbing and shaking, 
I went into what so many people describe as going into the light. And I crossed over into this sea of oneness where I was completely separate from my body, but I was completely one with, I call it just divine presence or love or oneness. And that's when everything shifted because I saw my entire life flash in front of me. And the thing about this, Emily, and so many people have said this in their near-death experiences, I saw every aspect of my life and every decision I made. And in an instant, I understood why at that moment I was so depressed. And then what became really clear was we, as little soul beings or drops of God consciousness, we drop into these bodies and it's up to us to decide who we will be. And in all those decision points across my life, from the influences from my parents, from society, from the medical community, from the branding people at Discovery, I understood that I wasn't making choices in alignment with my values and what my soul wanted to accomplish. So it made total sense why I was depressed. And at that moment, I was like, okay, I get it. If you're saying I can choose, I'll go back. <laughs> and, and indeed, um, I was shown a vision of my future. Now, again, I wish I could say that there's you know, an easy way. I don't want everyone to feel like they have to have a breakdown or an out-of-body experience. But what I saw in this vision, and it's why I invite people to do meditations and visions, I saw a vision of me living on the French Riviera. I was walking hand in hand with a child. I was singing professionally. And I was healing with my hands, which at the time I was like, oh, great. Now I'm going to be one of those woo-woo doctors. Thanks, God. <laughs> but it was this, the conviction that I had and the joy that I felt as I looked at that image that allowed me to say yes. And as I said yes to life and kind of came back into my body, that, that cloud of depression and anxiety lifted. And I called my, my COO. Uh, he was the one person that I could really tell all my weird spiritual stuff to. And I said, look, things are about to change. I started a record label. I started you know, loosening some of the responsibilities and giving, giving those responsibilities to other people. But I think what I had gave me complete confidence what I know today is that many people <laughs> will not have a weird out-of-body or divine inspiration. And so you need to make sure that you're connected to a community or a great coach or a mentor who's willing to see that, that vision of you and to help you get there along the way. Because eventually that's what I, I had over the last seven and a half years from the time that I unplugged from that American go, 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 do, do, do um, media system. I had the courage to just go within. Of course, my income dropped precipitously, but it allowed me the time to really do meditation and qigong and reflection on, well, what, what am I here to do? And I, I really got back in touch with my true desires. Like I want to do documentaries and I want to interview all these amazing people who've had such an impact on me. And, and yes, I'm a teacher. Like by nature, that's what I am. I want to teach people so that they can avoid the painful places that I've been and they can achieve whatever it is that they need to in life. And having that vision and then having these mentors along the way was what allowed me to, to get to where I am today with a global business that's thriving. I travel the world. I do have that, that child I mentioned. She's now going on 12. And I have the most amazing life that I could have ever imagined. And that depression, it's been long gone now for, gosh, almost 15 years. 
Thank you for sharing that with everyone. And one of the things that I want to point out that I think is really important is, like you said, not everyone will have this throw myself on the bed and experience this spiritual awakening moment. But there have been so many moments where I've worked with incredible people or even built amazing friendships and people will text me or send me emails or I'll be on a session with a coach and they'll say, you know, during a meditation, I had this vision of you or I see this for you or whatever it may be. And so connecting yourself with those people who are really like your cheerleaders and people who you can connect with and who are just able to see, you know, what you are meant for and all those big possibilities. I think it's so important to build those relationships and also trust that it doesn't need to come in like this big aha moment. It can be those little seeds or those downloads that you get on a daily basis that are giving you clues. Like when I first moved to London, it was just me hearing London, London, London and being so lit up when I first stepped out of Victoria Station and feeling like I was meant to live here like you did with the south of France. And it just takes that courage to follow that. Yeah. And hasn't it just for you been a confirmation? Like just being there, of course, you met the very handsome James. Yes. But it's also given you this confidence to create your business in your own way. And and I think that's the thing. It's like each step along our journey is going to equip us with other tools and other insights and other relationships. Um, and so it's been, it's for me, it's been a good reminder as, as you and I were talking before, we can't get too attached on that, that first vision because that might just be what the universe is giving you to get you into motion and then be open to how that's going to change and shift and morph as you grow and develop. Definitely. And so you ended up having this big experience, you moved to France, you have the child, and then you started to get into teaching and coaching. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do now. Yeah, so I I founded a company called Make Your Mark Global, and we're a boutique branding and publishing agency. And it really started because here on the French Riviera, I know you've probably, you know a little bit about how it is in Europe, here in France, they're a little they're they're many years behind America <laughs> in terms of how they do web design, how they do branding. And so I was meeting these people in Monte Carlo and here in, in the Riviera who were asking me, how do I do what you do? Like I wanna, you know, I wanna start being on TV or get my books out. And so I just started consulting and coaching people here locally. And then I got invited to a few conferences here and there and I'm speaking and then suddenly across Europe and the UK and Scandinavia, actually all the way up to Iceland, um, I started to get these other clients that wanted to do the same thing. And really what our focus is, is we work with people who have developed a certain level of mastery in their home country or environment and now they want to go global. They want to break into the English speaking market across the world. Um, so it's allowed me to bring that that aspect of, of what I do to people in a very natural way. And then on top of it, um, like you and I were talking about that impulse, uh, you know, a few years ago I started to have that impulse again, like I wanted to be on TV or I could start seeing myself on stages again. And I was like, I did have to check myself. I'm like, is this just ego? Am I feeling like, oh, I'm missing out? And, you know, a little FOMO going on. And then I, I got in touch with it and it was like, no, this is your next your next level. And I said, okay, if I'm going to come back on the scene and be visible in the global space, then I really need to set the stage for who I am as a brand. And I said, the best way to do that is a TED Talk. So I started mapping it out and, and, and looking at great TED Talks. 
And, and again, manifestation, a couple weeks later, I got a phone call. I was teaching at the University of Monaco, teaching brand development and applied positive psychology. And someone called me from the university and she said, Dr. Pennington, we were wondering if you'd be willing to speak at a TED conference. We're hosting our first TEDx. And it was like, okay, universe, you're really working for me. <laughs> and, and so I gave my first TED talk and it's done incredibly well. It's not my best speaking ever because I was, I admit, I was scared. I would be this too. Was, this was me coming out, yeah. you know, you, in my back story, you know, everything was always rehearsed. I had a teleprompter when I was on TV, so everything was scripted and perfect. Yeah. And to come out and tell people that you've been hiding depression for decades and that you felt like a fraud, um, that was a big deal to me. And my daughter was in the front row. Um, so I want to pause. I want to pause here and catch up um, on all of that after the break because I think there's so much to unpack with um, this element of feeling like a fraud and the depression and hiding. I want to spend a little bit of time on that in just a second. So we'll be right back after the break. I'd like you to meet Dr. Andrea Pennington. She's an international speaker, best-selling author, and talk radio host of Liberate Your Authentic Self on America Out Loud. Andrea, when you meet someone who is not living the authentic life, what do you say to them? There's no reason to settle for anything less than an out loud life, and you deserve it. No matter what you might have been told or programmed or brainwashed into, you deserve to have a fabulous, out loud, kick-ass life. Well, listen, I, I look at you as a media guru. You, you've been on with a lot of the big shows. Uh, I want to ask you, how important is this platform, America Out Loud, to your overall mission? The America Out Loud platform is allowing me to really spread my wings and stretch out and share my truth in a way that I cannot do on other big media networks. Here I get to be my authentic, out loud self. And yes, I'm a little quirky, a little nerdy, and deeply spiritual. So this is a huge, huge gift to me and my brand, and I'm so grateful to be here. Well, our goal is to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs. AmericaOutloud.com On-demand podcast or real-time talk radio with our streaming apps on both Android or Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Are you looking to move forward with your dream coaching business? I know when I was first starting out as a coach, I had no idea where to start. I didn't know how to launch my website. I had no clue who I wanted to work with, what sort of program to create, or even how to get started. If you're feeling like that, not to worry. I have the perfect program for you. We've created iHeart Coaching for the aspiring and new coach alike, and it's available for registration today. So go to iHeartCoaching.com to find out how you can start your own dream coaching business and join the world's most successful, making a huge impact in the world. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams. We're back with Dr. Andrea Pennington, and she was just telling us before the break a little bit about her TEDx experience and feeling the nerves of sharing 
uh, intimate part of her story for the first time about the depression that she suffered with and having her daughter in the front row and just being on stage unscripted and just sharing her message um, in this new way. And so I want to cover that a little bit more in depth. So Dr. Andrea, tell us a little bit about how it was to reveal all this information because I know there's a lot of people listening who might have their own business and be putting themselves out there in the world in a really big way and maybe they don't have the background of being on TV and so maybe it's even more scary. I know for me there was a point about a year and a half ago where I revealed that I, like you, was experiencing this feeling of I've done so much, I have so much, yet I'm not happy. And I was really worried that people would think um, negatively about me, that I wasn't a good coach, that I didn't have it all together. But I also think there's so much power and vulnerability. So I'd love to hear about your experience. Yes. Well, you've summed it up. There is incredible power in vulnerability. And we think that by sharing our weaknesses that we will be perceived as weaklings and that we don't have our stuff together. But it was only through the doing of it that I realized that the opposite is true. And in my case, I wasn't doing it so much uh, to like launch a business. This was just me like setting the stage and coming clean because I felt like I needed to. Um, so, and at the time, one of the courses I was teaching at the University of Monaco was called Be Who You Are. And again, it, I had already started writing um, Become Who You Are, which is what I thought my, my latest book was going to be called. And I wanted people to understand that in order to really be happy and fulfilled in life, you need to learn who you really are, who you are as a spiritual being. And then you have to love yourself, flaws and all. And then you need to set up your life, your business, your relationships, your recreation, so that you can express and live who you really are. And so I wrote out the TED Talk. I rehearsed it a bunch. And, you know, the other factor of being a little bit nervous was I also had students from the university there Mm. and these prominent people in Monte Carlo uh, in the audience. And it was like, that was very scary for me. But I also knew that no matter what anybody in the outside world thought, I had to do it for me. I had to like set the record straight that this is who I am. All the past video clips that you want to look at, <laughs> while you know, good or bad, this is who I really am. And you know, I was fortunate that the the TED Talk eventually got recommended by YouTube or whatever their their magical algorithm. So just last year alone, it went from 9,000 views to 720,000 views. Wow. And you know, there are people who were like, you know. She sounds too perfect. Why is she? Why is she sound like she's you know rehearsed this too many times? And I'm like, because um, it was kind of scary and nerve wracking. Yeah. But what has been really heartening is that more and more people have said, "Wow, I'm in the same boat as you. I also went down a career path or a relationship path that everyone told me I should, or I felt like based on society I should, and I'm not happy." And so people asked, "What do I do now?" And so my latest book, I Love You Me, which I finally finished, <laughs> was, was based on the TED Talk, but it's, it includes the what next. So it's the five-step process for actually getting to a place of enduring real self-love so that everything that you create from that point forward is in full alignment with your own values and who you believe yourself to be as a soul or a spiritual being. And I'm happy to say that it's, it's allowed me to feel more transparent and to have less um, sort of obsessive perfectionistic tendencies 
you know, to even share on Facebook lives, like what, what I'm really experiencing. And it's been the most uh, impactful bonding experience with my clients, with my students, with people just around the world. And so uh, coming back to what we said before, there is power in sharing our vulnerability. It's what links us together as human beings. You know, yes, we might be spiritual and we have all these great other qualities, but at the end of the day, we're still having a human experience. And if we can connect with someone who's been where we've been, who's felt what we felt, it actually creates a greater bond and a greater affinity. And it's not necessarily going to hurt your brand or your reputation. Now, I'm not saying you got to go out there and share everything. I mean, I know <laughs> I, I share a lot. And some people are like, do I have to be like you? I'm like, no, 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 no. You only share what you actually feel you need to share. Yeah. Uh, but just by being your authentic self, you're going to feel better about what you're doing. Mm. And what is the real self-love movement? Well, as we said, we, we know that you need some support along your journey especially if you're going to be breaking out of a, a box. And so the real self-love movement is a community. It's an, a, a group of individuals all around the world that connect online and in person. We share master classes. We have a, a two-day experience called the Real Self-Love Days. And really, it's just helping people have the guidance and the support and the community that you need when you really want to get in touch with who you really are and start living it. Because what I found is that many people, if they get out of a, a bad relationship or they quit an addiction or they lose a bunch of weight or they decide that they're going to come out of the closet or they're, you know, they're embarking on a new phase in life, it can be very scary and very isolating. I felt very isolated. I mean, I unplugged from America and moved to France. But one of the things that really saved me was connecting with a group of like-minded people, people who could see me and reflect back to me what they experience of the real me and that feeling of safety that feeling of support that feeling of of unconditional love is what the real self-love movement is all about beautiful and so you said it's a facebook group but you also have event days so how can people find out about that just visit realself.love and you can download our Real Self Love Manifesto, sign up for the masterclasses. Everything is totally free. And then you'll find out when our first Real Self Love Days are in Denmark and the United States this year. Amazing. So something I want to come back to that you shared at the beginning was a little bit about that 13-year-old girl who was experiencing depression and wondering if she was meant to live or transition into um, the spiritual realm. I'd love to know, knowing what you know now and who you are now, what would you tell that 13-year-old girl? I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change those words that I heard that said to me, don't kill yourself because you might... You know, taking a life in most spiritual traditions is not a good thing. <laughs> and the, the other piece of that message was you have a lot of awareness and that feeling that you feel that tie to the spiritual world, that's going to help you in this life journey and you won't be suffering forever. That's what that's what I heard. And that's what I would tell me as well. Yeah. And what do you think, you know, with people who are suffering with depression now, one of the things you mentioned is this element of self-love and also really understanding your purpose and being aligned with it and bringing your true self to the surface. What else would you say has helped you transform and not experience depression on a regular basis anymore? The number one thing has been meditation. Absolutely meditation. I think this number two, which is a close second, is Qigong. 
but meditation has so many, there are so many different forms of meditation. So even if someone says, I can't meditate, my mind wanders, I would recommend something called the metta or the compassion meditation because it allows you to focus on one specific thing. You're reciting these phrases. You're feeling that sense of compassion toward yourself and toward others. And because the nerd in me likes clinical studies, it's actually been studied with people with anger, with borderline personality disorder, people with depression, and it's been shown to be more effective than antidepressants. So it's something called the compassion meditation. I also have it for free um, online. If you go to attunementmeditation.com forward slash compassion, you can do the 21 day compassion meditation challenge. And that for me, every time I start to feel myself getting self-judgment or self-critical, I go back to that compassion meditation and it saves me every time. Is that the same thing as loving kindness? Yes, exactly. Amazing. And what is Qigong for those who don't know? Qigong is an ancient Chinese practice that brings together movement, breath, and concentration. So it still involves a a bit of meditation in terms of concentration, but by coordinating the the breath and movement, it's not um, necessarily as fluid as Tai Chi, but for people who know Tai Chi, it's very similar. And it's wonderful for healing in terms of physical healing uh, and directing the flow of energy. Uh, But it's done wonders for me in terms of keeping uh, anxiety and depression at bay. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And tell us, what are you most excited about coming up in your life and in your business? I'm excited for this real self-love movement. I really am. It was something that just came naturally out of the release of the book and talking to people around the world about their journey. Uh, I'm, I happen to be at a stage in my, my life and my business where I'm not so focused on the money. I'm more f- focused on the, the message and, and transforming lives. So the way that this has unfolded um, has been just a gift to me. And so it excites me. Yeah, I love that. And it's the same with me. I feel like I'm created that, creating the I Heart My Life movement. And it feels so in alignment and just so exciting to be able to put that out into the world. And it's so much bigger than just a program or a one-off event or whatever. It's something that feels like it's so needed and is life-changing. It is. And I just, I want to honor you for what you're doing. I I have loved watching you from, from the sidelines. And so when I, when I met James and I heard even more about what you're up to, it just, it so inspired me. So congratulations. Thank you to you as well. So final question. I love to ask all of my guests this question. Can you tell us how you were able to create a life better than your dreams in summary and how someone else can do the same? Oh, creating that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's basically summing up everything we've just talked about. Um, it, it really revolves around getting in touch with who you really are at your core. And for me, when I realized that all that feeling of angst was because I wasn't connecting to my core or my source, you know, God, source, whatever you want to call that. When you can get to a point where you realize that you are still connected to the divine and that you are lovable exactly as you are, you have a mission to live on this planet that's not going to be like anybody else, even if you have the same career or the same job title. And once I got in touch with that, it allowed me to create a life that was even greater than my little pea brain could imagine. And that's how I would invite other people to do it as well. I wonder if your 13-year-old self would picture you in France. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
That's what I, I think, you know, is so amazing about creating a life better than your dreams because your mind can only take you so far and there's so much left to be explored and to be experienced that we can't even predict. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. No, I hadn't thought about that. I hope she's happy seeing yeah. me here rocking it. I'm sure she is. <laughs> So tell everyone listening a little bit about um, the books that you have. So you have I Love You Me, which has, just, which has just been released. What else do you have? Yeah, I'm very, very happy with this one. Um, so it's I Love You Me, My Journey Through Depression and Finding Real Self-Love. Um, just a month before that, I released Time to Rise, which is a, con- a collection of 29 authors from 12 different countries, including Malcolm Out Loud from the America Out Loud Radio Network. And it has been wonderful to just showcase other stories of other people who've also found those turning points in their lives and turned it around to to rise up again. And of course, the Orgasm Prescription for Women, which I released in 2015, which has been helping women around the world heal their past trauma and really recognize that they deserve pleasure in this life. Thank you for sharing that. And where can everyone find you online? Visit me at andreapennington.com. I'm on social media at Dr. Andrea Pennington. And of course, the Real Self Love Movement at realself.love. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Andrea. It's been incredible to have you here. Your story really has had me on the edge of my seat. I'm sure everyone else listening completely agrees. So thank you for your vulnerability and for all of the work that you do in the world. Thank you, Emily. The feeling is mutual, and I, I look forward to having you on my show as yes, well. Yes, I'd love that. And to all the I Heart My Lifers listening, remember you too can create a life better than your dreams. As Dr. Andrea has shared, it starts with you getting an alignment, bringing your true self to the surface, getting real, and just following those little nuggets of wisdom that come to you along the way. So until next time, I'm Emily Williams, and this is the I Heart My Life show, and I'll look forward to speaking to you very soon. Bye. Do you want to learn how to make and attract more money in your business? If so, my iHeartMoney Live program is for you. It's a 10-week program where you can jump in, learn all about money mindset, how to transform the way you think about money, your relationship with money, and in turn, make more money in your business. So if you're interested, go to iHeartMoneyLive.com.